there's a very interesting character that we are introduced to in the Bible um, in Genesis 14. Um, a character that we only see being mentioned a handful of times in Scripture. And um, it's very interesting how he resurfaces almost um, in pivotal times in terms of the covenants and everything. We see him with Abraham. We see him in the time of David. And then we see or hear of him um, post the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, the first time we hear of him in Genesis chapter 14 is after Abraham hears of the captive, um, of how Lot was taken captive um, by different kings, etc. So he then plans a way to, to bring him back. And we are told that um, um, Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive. That's verse 14 of chapter 14. He then armed 300 men, etc., divided his forces and defeated those guys. In verse 16, we are told that he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods, as well as the women and the people who were, who were held captive. Um, in verse 18, this character is introduced. We are told that then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. And he blessed Abraham and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave, and Abraham gave Melchizedek a tithe of all that he had, right? And this is the first time, and um, it's quite interesting we're hearing that this, 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 this Melchizedek is, is the high priest. Um, and, and, and interestingly enough, we are told that this Melchizedek was with him having bread and wine. And then later on, we are told how Abraham then gave him a tenth, a tithe, um, which is very interesting. We do appreciate that the whole priesthood thing is then introduced when the, when the children of Israel are, are taken out of Egypt, where God ordains this particular family, um, which, is, which, is, which is Aaron and his sons, that they would then hold the office of being priests. Uh, we see that in Exodus chapter 28 right to Exodus chapter 30, where even they had specific regalia that they had to wear. Um, there were specific things that had to be done. So, so it's quite an interesting thing. But of course, before that happens, we are told of this Melchizedek. Um, he then appears the second time. This time around, he is not necessarily appearing to meet anyone. It's, it's David who writes a psalm about him. And it's quite interesting. And this is what it says in Psalm 110 verse 1. It says, The Lord said to my Lord. So this is a conversation between the Lord, uh, between, between the Lord and David's Lord. So 
two lords here having a conversation. So we're going to play part in that conversation. He says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. He says, The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. You will rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. In the beauties of your holiness, from the womb of the morning, you have the Jew of your youth. Verse 4 says, The Lord has sown and will not relent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Wow. The Lord is your right hand. He shall execute kings in the day of his wrath. But this is what is interesting. The Lord has sown and will not relent. That you are a priest forever. But it is according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, it is the Lord speaking to the Lord. <laughs> the Lord speaking to David's Lord. And this is what he says. You, Lord, are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So that's the second time we hear of this of this character. We hear that he had bread and wine, met, you know, met with Abraham, blessed him, and we hear Abraham giving him a tithe. And then the second the third time this character appears again now, not necessarily in the physical form, in writing is in Hebrews chapter is in Hebrews chapter seven. Very interesting um, Hebrews chapter seven um, if, if you read the previous chapter, which is chapter 6, the last verse says, speaks of how Jesus, being a forerunner, it's verse 20, has become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Which simply means that what David is, whoever David is talking about, that the Lord is swearing to and saying, I won't relent, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek is Jesus because here we are told in Hebrews 6 verse 20 so prophecy fulfilled isn't it but anyways then chapter 7 relays and says verse 1 says for this Melchizedek king of Salem priest of the most high God who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all First being translated, he's the king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. And Melchizedek is without father, he's without mother, he's without a genealogy, he having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the son of God. He remains a priest continually. That's the Melchizedek, isn't it? Now, consider how great this man was to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. And indeed, those who are of the sons of Levi, who receive the priesthood, meaning Aaron and his sons, have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law. Sorry about that disturbance. I was on the point that um, this Melchizedek we are told that he's the king of Salem which means he's the king of peace the king of righteousness they say he has no father he has no mother he has no genealogy there's no beginning of days no end of life but he's made like the son of God they say he remains a priest continually now 
it says verse 4, Now consider how great this man was, to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. And indeed, those who are the sons of Levi, uh, or Levi, I don't know how you pronounce that, but it's, 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 it's that, right? Now consider those who are sons of Levi, who receive the priesthood. They have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law. That is, from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. I know this may sound confusing, but it's very simple. He's comparing two things. He says, Abraham meets this Melchizedek, which we've read in Genesis 14. Melchizedek breaks bread and wine and blesses him. And then, and then all of a sudden, Abraham gives a tenth of what he has. He says, in the future, there came a descendant or a people or sons of Levi. Who we know, it's Aaron and his sons who, gave, who were given the office of being priests. And given that office to, to represent the people. Now he says, those guys received tithes from the people according to the law. But Melchizedek had already received tithes from Abraham before that time. That's what he's trying to say. So he's trying to, to show you how great this Melchizedek is. I'll show you why he says that. Then he says, but he whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Now, beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Here, mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Okay? He says here, Mortal men, meaning the sons of Levi, they receive tithes, but he also, he received, we hear that he received them, and we know that he lives. Okay? I don't know if you understand that. He's comparing, he's saying, here we have men who are mortal, meaning they die. They are receiving tithes, and we hear of a man who, is, who lives forever, who's receiving tithes. Okay, he says, verse 9, even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak, for he was still in the loins of, of his father when Melchizedek met him, which simply means that even when they were paying the tithes, it was indirectly paying to Melchizedek because they were still in the loins of this man, all right? Now, verse 11, he's, con he's, he's now concluding what he's talking about. He says, therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the, pe the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek and not to be called according, according to the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed... Of necessity, there is also a change of the law. Uh, I don't know if this is just going over, over your head. Remember, he's comparing two priesthoods. 
He says there's a priesthood of the sons of Levi. And there's a priesthood that is according to the order of Melchizedek. He says, if we want to go into perfection, why wouldn't we continue with this one, the Levi, the Aaron priesthood, which was according to the law? Why then is there need that there arises another priest in the order of Melchizedek? That's what he's asking. He says, now for the priesthood being changed, of necessity, there is also a change of the law. Right? For he of whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which no one has officiated the altar. For it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning the priesthood. He only spoke of the Levi. He says the, it's only going to come from the Levi through the sons of Aaron and Aaron and his sons. Those are the guys who are going to do this, this office. We're not hearing anything coming from Judah. Yeah? But now we're hearing that there's someone coming from Judah who is actually now sitting in the office of being a priest. Right? It says, verse 15, And it is yet far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek there arises another priest who has come not according to the law of the fleshly commandment, but according to the power of an endless life. Wow. For he testifies, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. For one, for on the other hand, there is annulling or removal of the former commandment. Why? Because of its weakness and unprofitableness. For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. And inasmuch as he was not made priest without an oath, for they have become priests without an oath, but he with the oath by him who said to him, the Lord has sown and will not relent, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. By so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. And there were many peace, priests, because they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, Jesus, because he continues forever in the order of Melchizedek, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he, Jesus, is also able to save to the utmost those who come to God through him, since he lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, he's harmless, he's undefined, he's separate from sin, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. Amen. Then verse chapter 8 verse 1 says, Now this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of a true tabernacle which the Lord has erected and not man. Bless God. That may sound a bit confusing, but it's very simple. God introduces this character Melchizedek in the very early stages of scripture 
we see him in, 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 in Genesis 14 already ministering the gospel to the man, breaking the bread and giving him wine. That's why Jesus is able to tell those guys, those Pharisees who failed to believe in him, that Abraham saw my day and he rejoiced in it. Amen. He says, Abraham saw my day and he rejoiced in it. They say, look, man, you're not even 50 years of age. How can you be speaking of such? He says, before Abraham wa was, I am. So when, when did Abraham encounter this, 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 this beautiful gospel? It's when he meets Melchizedek, who breaks the bread and gives him wine and bless him. But in response, Abraham then gives him a tenth of the spoils or the things that he got from when he was trying to um, to retrieve his, 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 to retrieve Lot and the other people. So then we are told that this priest, this, this Melchizedek is a priest who, who does not die. He has an endless life. And we are told by David, who's now prophesying and giving us a, a glimpse of a conversation between the Lord and the Lord. The Lord saying, come, sit at my right hand. I'll make you a priest in the order of Melchizedek. He says, I'm sway and I won't relent. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The Hebrew writer then comes with the revelation that that Lord that the Lord was talking to is Jesus Christ. He says, now this Jesus has risen as a, as a priest, as a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. It is not according to the laws. It's not according to the sons of Levi who were given this office to continually run this priesthood where they would kill animals on a yearly basis. They needed the temple and to access the holy place. He says, no, we're going to cut off that. We're going to bring in one from Judah. You are bringing someone who's going to come in the order of Melchizedek. He will do it once and for all. It's never going to be repeated annually. It's never going to be done on yearly basis. And guess what? What the Hebrew writer brings to our to our attention that the sons of Levi were given by commandment to receive tithe from the people. He says that commandment has to be destroyed in order for it has to change. He says it there. It has to change for us to accommodate the high priest, the priestly order of Melchizedek. So now people are still stagnant. People are still fighting this thing. They don't want to get rid of the of the of 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 of, of this priesthood. I am here to say to you, we have a better order. We have a priesthood who actually, this is the benefit that you have to, to understand. Um, the, the whole benefit around having a, a, a priest in the order of Melchizedek. Let me read it to you. It's very beautiful. We read it. It says, He, Jesus, continues forever as a priest, unchanging. Therefore, he is also able to save to the utmost those who come to God through him since he lives to make intercession for them. It's not a once-off thing. He lives to make intercession for them. He lives to make intercession for us. Guys, and this is the conclusion that he says, the Hebrew writer, I'm just going to have this main point. We have such a high priest. Amen. So forget about the order of Mel uh, the, the order of Aaron. Forget about the sons of Levi. We are not in that priesthood. We are in the priesthood of Melchizedek, a changed, completely changed law. All right, a complete changed law. Now, therefore, never allow anyone to bring in the issue of tithes and make it a law, and make it a commandment. 
Abraham gave Melchizedek before it was a law. It was then made a law for the people of, of to give for the people for the sons of labor to receive tithes from the people. Now we are not in that order. We are back into the order of Melchizedek. Hallelujah. The one that Abraham um, 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 acknowledged. So let, 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 let us be careful how we bring in these things and how we then tie people, oh, you need to pay your tithes, don't rob God, etc., etc. You need to understand context. In which priesthood are we in and why? Oh, are you saying we should not pay tithes? I haven't said that. I said it's not law. It's not a commandment. That's what I've said. Amen. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.